Hey, my name is Melissa Bedeen, and I'm obsessed with personal development, body, mind, and soul health, as well as all things business marketing that can help you to navigate all things mystical and messy in this journey called life. See, I am a coffee-addicted mother of two who married my grade 9 boyfriend, and I started my company at the age of 17 with just a $200 Costco massage table and a goal of becoming a healer in mind. Now let's fast track a decade and a half forward as I've pivoted and grown myself from being a brick-and-mortar business as an international healer and psychic medium that loves to use my gifts to help align others on their path. See, I found myself naturally pivoting towards becoming a coach as I've made it my mission to positively impact the lives of others. But will we shy away from the real chats here? No way. See, I firmly believe that we're all intuitive, but again, the true gift actually comes from listening to this internal knowingness. But since all of our arenas of life may look at a little bit different, I hope to shed some insights on how this can benefit you both personally and professionally. See, I believe we have a mission. No, more of a calling inside of us, but it's up to us whether we choose to use this to benefit not only us, but others as well. As I teach you the tested and true ways to align yourself today, I am inviting you into this time as a friend, having a coffee, chat with the goal of a girl trying to give you some form of mind mapping to skip through the messy and tapping into your own magical. Now I want you to know that you are welcome to the Mom Gun Media, and I'm grateful you're here. Okay, today is turning our mess into our message. Now, I feel I am queen of this topic because I've definitely been a hot mess. But the thing is, is I've looked at all the different traumas and tragedies and events that have happened in my life and what that brought me. So whether it brought me, you know, that pity party environment to even just the struggle in the courses of where I was able to grow and overcome. So when people talk about an underdog, I want you to look at yourself in that, in that scope right now. And I want you to start to understand that there are probably experiences that you've gone through that you don't normally talk about with other people. But when we can turn our mess into our message, it's actually changing the storyline. We take the pivot, we take the energy of, you know, this happened to me, this happened to me, those kind of wordings, it happened for me. I want to empower you in switching that. So here's how I can feel the expert in that one. I have grown up in a family where there's addiction and substance abuse issues. And from that, I found that since that's in my family, I have no want or need to participate in anything that would attract that for me. So I'm a very holistic individual. And a lot of the things that I've brought into my party is just making sure that I, I really don't fall into the lines of peer pressure. So that mess turned into my message where I will actually talk about it. Talking about, you know, individuals that will go through a certain experience that could even like it could cause you to crumble and give up to you know really finding that driven why into what's going to bring you in the longevity i also find a lot of times i used to get like angry or bitter on these experiences because i've gone through so many that i just kind of grew a shell and some people would say i'm cold but now i'm just i see it differently like i see it as my soul looking for life lessons through these circumstances and instead of taking the power away from that i find you know motivation inside of it. And so that's my personal view goggles. Like you can wear whatever goggles you want on those different experiences, but I'm always trying to find a positive in it. And it might be that optimistic, you know, cup half full thing that I do, but I'm not always like that. And I don't want to pretend I'm always like that, but it is understanding that when you are feeling ready to heal from an experience, 
it comes from looking at it in a different viewpoint than what you previously were, because then it allows you to find the experience that's going to bring, you know, maybe support or opportunity or whatever, whether you're taking pain or away from an experience in other people to even looking at an opportunity to bring pleasure for other people too in that. And so here's my biggest mess I've ever gone through. Years ago, we had a family doctor who basically just prescribed pills for everything. And I talk about this openly because it needs to be shared. It needs to be talked about. People need to be understanding of how they can advocate for themselves. So where am I going with this? This doctor prescribed a lot of medication to my family over the years. And my little sister was in a fender bender accident and he gave her oxys, which if you're unfamiliar, oxycontin, oxycodone, all of those, they are a perk, but they're also like their street name is labeled hillbilly heroin and it is in the heroin family. And she ended up becoming addicted. Again, remember addiction runs in our family. So through this addiction, it just opened her up to being more susceptible to any other drug. And once you start to have that, it actually causes brain development delays and different things as well. So she struggled in school, which dropped down her self-confidence, which brought her mental health down. And so when I look at all of this, I would try and talk to her about it, but because it was such a like touchy subject, she didn't want to talk to me about it. She didn't want to seek additional help. And it was a very personal thing for her. So my little sister, her name is Nikki. I want to call her by her name. Because a lot of times after people passed away, they don't talk about these individuals anymore. And I'm going to get to a lot more in this story here. This mess got worse. And as the years progressed, her addiction got worse. And the people she surrounded herself with were un unreasonable and unruly in some aspect. Like some of them were straight enablers, where some were in denial. And some just playing on, like, were users on just taking advantage of her and her kindness. Because she was the bleeding heart that literally did give her last $5. And so she ended up getting pregnant with a guy and my nephew was born, Preston, who is this adorable child. And with time, it got worse. Her addiction got worse. A lot of things happened. And my family and I, we had to step in and we raised my nephew for a year and a half while she tried to get support and get additional help. This mess gets worse. So uh, we've done interventions. We've brought additional support and opportunities, sent her to detox facilities. Like we, we tried everything we could have, but if a person doesn't want to fight for themselves, you can't make them. So I had even looked at counsel. I had looked at Elanon. I had looked at like NA, all these different things on how to understand and just get into that mind frame because like I didn't personally understand it. So then I would even talk to other addicts and I would try and like pick into the brain pain points of like, why? Like, why would this individual choose to self-numb? But it actually goes all into mental health. Anybody who's using drugs, there's a form of them that doesn't love themselves in some form. It could be from a childhood trauma. It could be from a failure that they've incurred and that they're just not wanting to actually cope and work through. And so I understood that she had a lot of failures and it did stem from, you know, not finishing high school to just being in toxic relationships and having low standards to even just feeling, you know, upset with herself on the things she'd already done to my family and I in these bouts of, you know, sobriety and, and relapses. And so her addiction got worse as these different guilt patterns have happened for her. And the doctor that prescribed her this medication, I told him her struggles and he kept prescribing it and making her prescription stronger. So not a fan, as you can hear in my voice, I switched doctors and I went to one that was more holistic. He talked to me, like even in my birth plan, I very, I even like typed out and laminated my birth plan. And in it, it said, do not give me drugs unless I'm like going to bleed out 
or need a C-section, obviously need something. And it said, if I'm begging for it, please ask me three times, are you sure? So I don't just have a moment of weakness because like I had never had a kid before. And so I didn't know what that would look like. So the nurse thankfully looked at my laminated plan and she chuckled, but she was like, are you sure when I did try and break down? And luckily she was like, you're so close. And I needed that and it helped get me through it because I just, I had such a fear of stepping into that addiction, which I know it's in our family. Like there's a lot that goes into that. And so my sister beat herself up all the time on these things where she felt lesser than or would compare herself. And my biggest thing is don't ever compete and don't ever compare against anybody else, but your yesterday version of you. But unfortunately she kept looking at everyone else. Like she would be like, well, you're the perfect one or, you know, these things. And unfortunately I could never say it enough times for her to actually realize that there is no perfect. I'm far from perfect, but that mess kept diving in deeper. And then I had a guilt because I couldn't take it away for her. And like, it just, it's this whole enabled factor, but that victimhood ended up taking her life. She ended up getting, unfortunately, these toxic friends that I was talking about, one gave her what she thought was an oxy, which was her prescription. She was at a funeral for a friend that had committed suicide. So she had a lot of struggle that went on. And at that funeral, she had said, you know, like, oh, I wish I had my medication. She wasn't feeling good and a lot of pain. And this friend gave her what she thought was an oxy, but it was her first fentanyl. And if you're unfamiliar with fentanyl, it is a hundred times stronger than the original Percocets that she was on. And that's when we lost her. That's when everything went downhill. The, the individual that she was slipped away, the emotions and the, the conversation, like we couldn't even find a way to relate with her because she was so checked out. And that's what addiction does. It takes a part of who they are and it, it disseminates it until they choose sobriety, until they choose to love themselves. And she was for a long time and she got sober. And when she relapsed, her body couldn't handle her previous doses and she ended up passing away from fentanyl. And so I'm a big advocate on one, if you're in a doctor's office and they start to prescribe heavy medications, do your research, get a second opinion before you start opening the opioid doors, please. And the other thing is get a second opinion on you know mental health. She had even said to her doctor, I feel like my depression is getting worse. I need stronger medication. And this other doctor brushed her off and ignored her. And a week later she died because she never really got that care and attention. And she never told us so we could really work on that with her. Now, why am I saying all this? Well, that is the biggest trauma that had ever occurred in our life. And in that, I realized that my why isn't just, you know, to be an entrepreneur, to help other people in getting successful businesses. It's to give them an, an empowerment and to give them a purpose and to help them understand that we can take these stories, these events, these experiences that have happened in our life and try and put something positive from it. My big thing is my husband and I, we're big advocates for sobriety. He is actually a sobriety coach and I am always trying to help other people find themselves. And that comes through understanding your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual bodies and what that looks like to be in full alignment. And if there's a disconnect, why? Let's dive into that and work on healing that. Because a lot of times people will go, well, like, why would I want to dig in the past? Because there could be some unhealed part that's holding you back from your future successes. There could be a self-sabotage cycle that keeps, you know, keeping you playing small. Hers was a self-sabotage cycle that happened whenever things were going good. And it's because she didn't feel like she deserved to be happy or to, you know, get good things. And that breaks my heart every time. And the worst part is it's very common. A lot of people aren't aware of it. And so 
this episode is not all happy hippie, you know, like me. And it's because it, it hurts to talk about it and it hurts to, you know, open these doors, but it's not stated enough. There is not enough advocacy for us to actually get out of our shell and speak our real truths and to have an opportunity or a platform to do it is so empowering because the thing is, is you probably know somebody in your life that has created a self-sabotage cycle, or I always say this too, hurt people, hurt people. So let's go here, turning my mess into my message. I forgave the drug dealers that sold her her toxic drugs within the week of her past, like her death. And when I say that, it's because all these other people started messaging me like, we know who did it. We gave all the information to the police. We let it out of our hands. And the thing is, is if I were to have hold on to it, I in turn would be physically ill from the anxiety, the anger, the sadness. And like when we look at stages of grief, it dies into all of that. But the thing is, is I didn't want to carry that for the rest of my life. So I understand that these individuals were children of other people, that they in turn also have their own kids. I know that they have kids. And that also, as a child, I always try and find like that inner child within people. I don't see a child choosing to become a drug dealer. I don't see that being anybody's wish list. And so they in turn had to have had some trauma or experience that had caused them to go in such a deep, dark path that that's who they are. So instead, I send them love. And when I say that, it's not to make me sound like a saint. I'm not. I'm very much not. But it freed me up to understand that our souls will meet one day in a higher place. And I just believe in the ideas of like Buddhism and that there's, you know, a calling for our soul to choose life lessons. And in this, I, I freed myself from that, from carrying that. And in that, I also made it my mission to try and help other people in preventing that. And so I started sharing my story very early on. It was two days after my sister passed. And I shared it in my Facebook group, just saying like, this is what happened. I'm probably not going to be in here for a while. And if I am, this is not a sales pitch. It's just, I might need a place to connect and, and just share and, and hopefully bring value because it, it selfishly helps me feel better. And when I did, it related so much to other people that I ended up getting message that they know somebody who needed to hear it. So they shared it. And there was like over 20,000 views very organically. Never, ever did I advertise that because again, it's talking about the loss of my sister and to feel like I would monetize off of that. It felt horrible. And I had to work on clearing that. But the thing is, is it's not about monetizing. It's about making a difference. It's not about looking at that messaging. It's about understanding that I am able to then help other people get empathy from it. I know a couple drug dealers that have stopped selling drugs when they understood the actual experience that happens on the other end of that sale. I know a couple people who have gotten sober from just me sharing the story and what happens to the family in these stages of grief. I know a couple mothers who continue to stay sober because they use our family's experience as a what not to do. And so even the ministry, we were talking to the ministry because again, we were fostering my nephew for a year and a half and my parents have adopted him and we're very close. And the thing is, is like, they still keep tabs on some of our stuff. And I keep in touch with some of them because they were a big help for some of the experiences that we had to go through in that event. And I want you to know, like, look at your life. What is the messiest thing you've ever gone through? What was the most painful thing that you've ever experienced? And then just realize you're not the only one that's ever had that. Like this is something that cannot be stated enough. I've gone through many different trainings and Reed Tracy with Hay House Publishing. He was one of the creators. He's the CEO of Hay House and he is a brilliant, you know, individual, but he talks about it and he says, there are no original stories anymore. There is no such thing as an original story. They're all just redone with a different energy or a different, you know, like pivot in it, but it's still all the same. 
And so when I started to really understand that my experience is still out there and other people have experienced it, I'm not alone in this. And that helped me. And the other thing too, is I tried to go to counseling and being somebody who's intuitive and they were very science brain from the book and like conscious mind. I just, I couldn't relate to that. So I actually had to find my tribe. And in that I created my tribe and that became part of my messaging too. And so from that, I just speak very honestly. And I say like, I understand that your mess might be different than my mess, but when we can come together and unite and support and create an opportunity and remove that compete compare and really see how we are all just souls trucking along on this journey, trying to bring some value and make a difference and make an impact in this life, you can't go wrong. And so I'm stating all this, it's completely rift, but I want you to understand that I use my mess in my message because it's part of my rooted why on why I do what I do why I choose the people I want to serve, why I have a soft spot for single moms, why I want to bring awareness to mental health issues and why I try and fight addiction. Like that is the biggest thing. And not only that, but it's like trickled into my family. It's something that I'm very honest with my kids. Some people would like really tiptoe around these topics with our family. And we just, my, my whole family, we address it. Like don't pretend like she didn't have these issues. Let's talk about how amazing she was, but yeah, she did struggle. And when we talk about these real things, she too, she did too. Like if you were to ever find her Facebook page, she would go and make these public posts. Like I'm seven months sober. I'm so excited. I get to see my nephew, like, sorry, see my son. And, and they, we, she lived with us for a while. Like we, we all tried to work together and she would post all these updates because she wanted to make sure her message could help other people too, which is why I feel like there's such an opportunity in that. And a lot of times people are too quiet and they make it look pretty and they stamp this like glitter, uh, like filter on life. And I want to let you know that that's not real. And not only is it not real, but it's setting you up for failure if you think that that is reality. And so I'm telling you, if you can look at your mess and turn it into your message, like even if you find like a shortfall of like, maybe you didn't have a product that would have, you know, made life so much simpler. And in that it turned a mess of stress and, you know, time wasting, whatever. And then you find a product and it creates this, you know, ease and you're able to allow yourself to pivot more naturally into an opportunity of creating relief for other people. That is also a way to turn your mess into your message. But mine is a very extreme case. So I'm not telling you, you can't be successful or have a business or do, you know, something meaningful without like a very impactful, painful mess. I'm just saying, let something in your life that has caused you hardship, trauma, or stress turn into something rooted into your why, because it's going to push you past those rough days. It's going to push you past, you know, like, oh, I got a bad review, so I might just give up. Nope. I know that my mess will help somebody else through their mess, and I'm able to make a difference in their life, which means any of these little small little triggers that come up really aren't big in the big deal in the scheme of things, and I'm able to make a, an impact in this life. And that's the biggest thing. Like, Brendan Burchard says things like, you know, is this going to bring value? Is this going to make a difference? And am I going to matter? Like looking at those different aspects, like it, it is something that I look at in my days of like, what can I do? What kind of messaging can I share? And is this going to make a difference? So I really hope that this, you know, little episode does for you and brings an opportunity for you to kind of dive into things that you've gone through in your own experiences and just giving you kind of like a peek into mine. I try not to make these too much just about me and who I am because it's not the Melissa show. It is the Mamba media where we are able to go and dive into these experiences and events that have caused us real trauma and, and struggle and then allowing us to find the opportunity from it. So you'll notice even some of the people that I have on these episodes and interviews, they have gone through theirs as well. And it could be from like a bad breakup to, you know, having, you know, a loss in their family to even financial struggles that are really hardships and, and finding a way that they overcame it. I am a big underdog supporter. I love that. I'm a big person to just support other women as well. Like I'm a big, you know, 
I'm a big believer that together we rise. If we were to pick apart each other and all that, we're all going to fail. Like that's not okay. My biggest thing is I want you to start to see the beautiful things that you've done in your life and what you've overcome. And that can be a part of your messaging and the opportunities that you can bring for other people to heal from. And, and I want you to just take that as an opportunity today to just, you know, give yourself a little, a little gratitude and how far you've come. Because I know for me personally, I used to just beat myself up on where I thought I needed to be, but seeing this journey go in its own way, like I, I really do feel life's not about the destination. It's about the journey and just don't get focused on where you wanted to be. Just allow yourself to enjoy the flow. That's like the biggest thing here too. So I want to say a special thank you. I'm sorry if I bummed you out. I really do hope that you guys are enjoying these messagings and can bring some value into your everyday life. And I want you to know that through that, through my sharing of my mess, I now have built a successful business, not on that, but like allowing it to be part of what I do in the side. So I, I give back to charities that are rooted in my cause, which aligns with my mess. I'm able to do that because of what I've been able to build with my business. Not only that, but my husband's rooted into it now and my children, they're very aware of it. So that way we can hopefully prevent generational addiction issues that will, you know, transcend and break that cycle. And the other thing too, is to just help other people create a narrative. A lot of times in grief and in loss, people don't talk about it. People don't talk about what actually happened because of uh, shame or fear of judgment or whatever. But that's not true to you know what our life can learn from. And not only that, but how can we support another individual in their loss if we don't even understand what they're going through? So when we lost my sister to addiction, a lot of people didn't know, like they were even touching on if it was suicide or whatever. And it wasn't, I do feel it was accidental, but I do feel there was mental health issues as to part of a relapse, which also stems into the same thing of like a suicide. And so a lot of times these topics aren't touched on. And so I'm very much an advocate for finding an opportunity to safely, you know, verbalize the struggles that you have and being a safe person for the people too. All of my clients, all of my coaching, everything, they have a deep understanding and knowing that anything that I've said to me is hundred percent confidential. I don't go around talking about it because you need a safe space. So if you don't have one, create one and also go find one. Like I really do add, like I advise that hard. And so I used a lot of different resources over the years and I'm always learning and trying new ones. And I encourage you to do the same. I'm not going to tell you each one that I did because I want you to find what fits right for you. We're all different on that aspect. And I do find that men typically don't want to open up on certain things that are touchy because of what the stigmas are associated with society. So I do try and open that narrative too, because we all need a safe and, you know, comfortable and healing aspect and way to release that. So my big messaging for you today is help to turn your mess into your message and bring some insight and inspiration for other people. And also make sure that you take care of yourself and look at, you know, your mental, emotional, physical, spiritual bodies and making sure that you've healed through all those aspects. Because if not, you might still have a cycle of self-sabotage or playing smaller, living in fear or, you know, waiting for the shoe to drop. And if that's you, you're going to start to understand that it actually like goes back to that cycle of that trauma that might be unhealed. And so whether you look at hypnotherapy to counseling, to intuitive work, to you know, really working on meditation and, and all these different things. You could even use exercises as a form of therapy for and reprogramming the brain through different exercises in that aspect too. I'm an advocate for it all, but I want you to find what, we, what you work with and what works best for you. And I would love to hear from you guys on what you thought was, you know, your biggest takeaway in this. And I wish you all of the best and take care. 
Hello. Okay. So we vibe with our tribe and I wanted to let you know that I'm over here doing a special shoulder shimmy celebrating you as an action taker. So I hope you know that I am doing a coffee cheers in your honor for joining us here today. And since we are now gal pals, I would love a small favor from you and would love to have you leave us a review. I don't ask for them to be staged. You can be completely honest and I would love to get to hear what you enjoyed, what your favorite takeaway was, and maybe just what you would like to know further more on. Because if I don't know it, I'm very very honest, and I will do my best to bring you some support in there. Thank you again, and have a great day.